the intern program is is going to be huge. When I started um, seven years ago, I think we just, you know, we started with one person and then the next year we had three or four. We actually have 49 interns now. And so that is going to be your bread and butter. If you can put some resources towards it and have it very well ran, you're going to get the top talent, right? And you want to convert them to and another intern or a co-op into a full time. So by the time they came in, you know, it says, say, a project engineer, they could have had three years of experience knowing the Keeley way. And, you know, you have such a bigger talent that's on your team. If you're a natural born marketer, you're one lucky son of a gun. If you're like most people, marketing, especially online marketing, is about as appealing as standing in a police lineup. The May Create team of creatives has transformed websites and digital marketing from craptastic to fantastic since 2005. Our podcast, Marketing with Purpose, makes sense of marketing so you can make purposeful decisions instead of carrying on with the same old crap you've been doing. And now your host, Monica Pitts, founder of May Create, with another episode on how to make your marketing not suck. Hello again, and welcome back to Construction Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and I'm actually co-hosting today with my partner in crime, Stacey Brockmeyer. Hey, friends. Yeah, hey, Stacey. Um, And we get to interview April Lopino about HR, which is pretty exciting. We actually, we found Keely because one of our clients that we were building a website for was like, we love this website. And then when I like read through your whole website, I was like, I really like this company because I love the way that you guys talk about yourself. And I actually like sent a link to Stacy as I was reading your website. And I was like, they call themselves Kiwians. <laughs> this is the funnest thing ever because we call ourselves May Creators. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, like people with strange company culture names unite. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm hoping today to learn from you, April, a little bit about hiring in today's market because people are in a continual progression of complaint (laughs) about it. I know it's hard. It's hard to find the right people. It's hard to know where to go to find the right people. And you guys are doing a great job, both of talking about yourselves online and of bringing in quality people to your organization. And so we were hoping that you could tell us a little bit about some of your secrets. But before I start grilling you, I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us all about you. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. It's a it's a pleasure to be in your guys' presence and to talk about a subject that I love and one that is um, ever challenging um, and it continues, right? Um, we, we thought two years ago, we've never seen a landscape like this and whew, man, if I could go back to that. So um, the, the market's crazy, but my background, um, I am April Lopino. I've been at the Keeley companies for over seven years now. Uh, my uh, prior um, track before coming over to construction was the law firm industry where I spent a good 15 years. So I always like to say that there's really no difference between lawyers and uh, men in, or women in construction. Um, very similar personality, so fit right in. But I made the um, move over. And at that time, um, Keeley was very small, wasn't really on the map, and they didn't have any formalized HR. And so, you know, we had 35 um, team members in an office that was actually in Soja, Illinois, in like the original work trailer. 
And, um, you know, everyone just kind of chipped in to get good people. And a lot of those people were in, on, in the field, right? And so really got the opportunity to build it from the ground floor. And so our philosophy is you operate very lean um, for a long time, right? Until, you know, you get to the point where now you got to start thinking, how do we scale up and have the, the support? So operated very lean. I was a one woman show for quite a while. Um, and th that was fun. I got to understand all aspects of the organization and the different um, business lines that we have. We, we at that point, you know, um, it was much smaller, but we still had four distinct business lines, which kind of operated as their own um, company. And so even as we sit today, that's much larger now, right? And so we have self perform, we also have um, GC. And so putting processes and programs into place is in a uh, one size fits all. And so really got to understand our people and what they needed to be successful because at the end of the day, if your people are su successful, the business will be successful. Um, and so got to build at that point, um, things that were applicable then to our size and really then just grew and grew and grew on it. And so it's been a really fun journey. I've learned a lot along the way. And so now I sit and I have um, eight team members underneath. We have it segued um, into benefit clients on printing and orientation talent uh, management, performance management. And we do have um, uh, offices in Ohio, in Arizona, in the Texas market, and then here in St. Louis, but we operate out of 50 different states too. So we have men and women all over. So a lot of fun um, challenges that we face day to day, no, no day is the same. And um, we get to navigate um, how to best support. I feel like we could learn so much from you by going from one employee, like you as your a sole person to 18 and how to manage all of those humans. And then all of the other people that are, you know, obviously in the field and stuff too, but that is a major feat. I it's, had been, a it's been a ride. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Absolutely. whoa, <laughs> how do you decide who to hire when, what, huh? And then I was like, okay, Monica. <laughs> Set it aside. <laughs> Stay on topic. So, um, when you were introducing yourself, you said a few years ago when the pandemic hit, you were like, "Whoa, this market! Like, this is crazy!" And now you're sitting here going, "If I could have that back, I would." Mm -hmm. Do you want to? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like, what were some of the adjustments that you made then, and how are you carrying them through to yeah. now? So, so when we think about that, um, you know, a couple years ago. Um, no, everyone was in the same boat, right? We were all trying to navigate waters that we had never seen. Um, and um, folks were uncertain, right? Uncertain about the, um, their, the business, right? Whether they would still have employment, you know, when the world shut down, how are we going to go if you were fully, you know, in office with no remote or hybrid environment, how are you going to keep business lines running um, and and navigate because, you know, the world's telling you you can't be, right? And it was a good, you know, four weeks or whatever that was. And so you didn't have a lot of movement, you know, and you had a lot of uh, folks that actually had layoffs. Um, and so we were very fortunate. We never laid off anyone. And we, we hired actually in the that year in 2020, we hired 130 people. So not while people were losing great talent, we were fortunate enough, we were able to, you know, pick up that talent, we were able to still get the top 
um, the, the top skill set that we were looking for. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was hard because it was unknown and, you know, the challenges of what you're going to do and how you're going to navigate around all of, you know, the rules that were pulsing out um, and all of the clients had different expectations, those type of things. But the actual people, um, you know, was way different than it is now. So what we see today um, specifically in St. Louis is all of the construction firms are fighting over the same people. We're just trading people. Um, and that's not a great place to be. And so in order to find great talent now, you got to look outside of St. Louis and you have to figure out how can you find the talent that's going to relocate um, into this area and, um, and how are we going to do it better than the next person? And when, when you look at how many jobs are available and how many available talent um, of team members that actually fit that mold, it's way less. So when you look at it, you're, you're really sitting, I did a, an exercise, you know, of if we're gonna be a billion dollar organization in three years and where we sit today and with the market, um, you know, with it being a, a deficit of available talent, I mean, we're sitting at like 42% negative um, of the talent that's needed in order for us to reach our goals. So that means that you have to think differently um, and differently than we ever have. Um, you can't, well, I pride ourselves, we're not just an organization that's looking for a butt in the seat. What we want to do is we want to find the right person, right, with the right skill set that can actually um, grow with our organization. So, you know, everyone can find, you know, can get a person, but to get the right person is very difficult. So we felt a lot of like shifting of employees. I, I know you're saying like they're shifting from from company to company now around and in St. Louis. And I know that a lot of our clients felt that like last year when everything kind of shifted, people were like, okay, well now we're through and, and we're opening back up from the pandemic mm -hmm. and they were just like moving around. Did you guys have that experience too? Like the, I think somebody called it the great resignation. He named it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, for instance, one role specifically, like business development folks, they went into different lines. And so now we really don't have a lot of talent across the, the U.S., right, that fits the mold because they, they went to do other things. So that's what we found. We found people that shifted not just, you know, companies, but also um, uh, positions, right? And doing doing something completely different because they had the opportunity. We find folks now that like the hybrid model. So no amount of money is going to make someone come back into the office full time, you know, and they, you know, you have all these more entrepreneurs that can do things from home. And it's just, those are the type of things we've never really had, you know, to see before. It was always um, more beneficial for the employer because the talent resided where now it's not the case. They're like, Hey, um, you know, I, I can do a lot more and have a lot more flexibility and work for myself really, mm -hmm. um, because of how we came out of it. So with that, how are you like, um, rolling that, like troubleshooting that and moving that into your recruiting practices is are there ways that you might have adjusted your company to be able to allow them to have that greater flexibility or are you giving them flexibility in other areas of their job so that way you can meet that need for them yeah so um you know keely's always been a very family first um 
company. So we've always had flexibility. What I would say is we don't publicize that, hey, you know, we're a hybrid environment and these dedicated days that you can work. And I mean, if you think about it, I'm only talking about the professional staff. Our field folks have to be out in the field every day. So there is no flexibility there. And, you know, those are our, 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 um, the most important, right? Those that are putting the work in the ground and how can we best support them? So that was another challenge, you know, how can we allow it on this side and not this side and how that's going to um, mirror and how are we going to continue to support? But so back to, you know, just that flexibility, we, we have a very entrepreneurial mindset. And with that also, you know, we come, you work hard, you play hard and you have, you know, a, a great work ethic um, and you're highly accountable. So we, we want you to be where you need to be. Um, and so that's always kind of been there. So it wasn't a hard sell, right? We've always, you know, put that into the offer, um, stage when we're talking with a candidate that you're going to have that flexibility of vacations, a true vacation day, not if you have to leave and go to, go to a doctor's appointment or, you know, get your kid from school or whatever it may be. But what we have to do is we have to really stress that even more. Now we have to work with the hiring managers to have them have more of an open eye that as long as the person is being successful while at home as well, right? And then um, we can be consistent across the board and whatever that that job role is, that we should allow flexibility. Um, you know, and also, you know, a lot of organizations, you know, we didn't build out our offices. And so when you continue to hire, we don't have a lot of room for them either. We found when we came back from um, COVID. And so how do we do more of a hybrid or shared, you know, a, sh a shared space model. And so that, that was fun, but really working with the hiring managers. And when you outline expectations, when you um, are ensuring that you as a, a manager having one-on-ones that you're holding them accountable, you know what they're working on and you let them run. It doesn't matter if, you know, some positions, if they're here or there, but you're changing the philosophy of what the organization has always been, um, you know, and, and Keeley was founded in 76. So this is all new to a lot of folks that, you know, it's, no, this is, this is the way, and this is how it's always been. Right. Um, so that's how we've kind of have a navigator when we're talking to the out, you know, the candidate perspective, you know, we sell on the flexibility, um, but then we sell on the culture too. So that's a really hard space to be because culture is the big buzzword and it's been for a while. And every, um, every young person coming into the organization wants to know what your culture is, what, what are you going to do for me? Right. Versus the other way around. And so you're trying to balance this culture, but also allow them to have this, you know, flexibility where they're not in the office experiencing it. And so it, it, it's hard and you got to think and you got to be creative and um, always thinking like, what's the next step, right? How can we be unique? You know, and I know a lot of people, there was so much out there during, um, during the pandemic, like do Zooms and host, you know, virtual happy hours and do things like that. And all fine and dandy. And, you know, it's, it's really about execution, but there's something to say when you're face to face, when you're able to have that energy and build off one another. So we want you to get us that flexibility, but we truly want you to, you know, for a young person, it's so important to learn from those around you, just to listen, right? Um, your career is going to take off way more being in person with someone being a sponge than you would be if you're, you know, just hopping on call. So we have those conversations, um, but it, but it is hard. Some, some folks just want to work hundred percent remote and that may not be, you know, the role uh, for us. What types of incentives do you have? So you mentioned the difference between your professional staff and your field staff. Like what I know, 
most companies are having such a hard time get getting field staff. Tell me about the incentives and how you hire those people and what you can offer them. Yeah, I mean, that that is tricky um, because you, you you nailed it. You know, especially superintendents and traveling field. You know, are so hard to come by um, because they have to sacrifice a lot. So as an organization, you have to really take care of them. Um, so we try to we do a lot of recognition. Um, so we call it our E3. When you see someone live in our core values, we, we want to recognize you and we recognize you to the whole organization and the leadership um, actually tags in and does handwritten notes down. And that actually goes way further than, um, you know, even a monetary value. And then, you know, when we have our crews, you know, working, you know, um, longer hours, whatnot, I mean, we encourage our, our managers, hey, do a spot award, right? Go out, go out and hand them all some gift cards, bring lunch, you know, to the site, try to get what we have here and take for granted in the office out to the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, we encourage job sites, you know, and so from like my group's perspective, I said, hey, go out, bring them lunch or bring them, you know, treats or whatnot, and just have a conversation like that means the world to them. Um, and then, you know, also if you're having someone travel a lot, when they get back, tell them to take his, you know, spouse or significant other out to dinner on the company and doing those little things, um, speak, you know, volumes. And we, of course we do per diem. And, you know, if you're traveling, we don't expect anyone to come out of their pocket to travel on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And we try to have competitive salaries and benefits, but, you know, outside of that, we do, we look for ways that, you know, we can show them a, that we care. And that's what, that's what speaks to them. Yeah. Showing appreciation is, it's hard to make it a priority sometimes, but it is so, so incredibly important. Well, and it sounds like too, you are also showing appreciation as you're adjusting your, your company culture to be less about punching the clock and more about just being accountable and getting your job done because Mm -hmm. then you're trusting someone and you're, you're appreciating them in that way too. So overall, Mm -hmm. like even just that culture shift is appreciating people and giving them a little bit more space to live their lives and and do what they need to do. Yeah. Especially, I mean, in the era of just sickness, you know, and you also have a workforce where their parents can, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's weird where you have your midpoint and your more, more of your team members where they have aging parents and they're helping them. Um, and just, you know, sickness with COVID and children and schools closing. And it goes a long way when you're like, Hey, you know, you need to be where you need to be and we're going to support you. Um, Mm -hmm. People work harder in that type of um, environment. So now here's like the million dollar question, right? Like, where do you find the people? And I, I ask folks Mm -hmm. this and it like some of them just say, well, we, we did, we just find them, you know? And I'm like, well, it's just glad that seems like a little, less technical than I was hoping for. (laughs) Like, so, um, where do you find like good candidates for your job? Do you do it online? Do you go to job fairs? Are you running ads? Yeah. Um, so this is probably going to be long winded and I apologize, but very similar to how we run our business. We run our business, um, and we call it the Keeley way. And so, you know, you have your org chart, you have your business plan, you have your vision, your, your budget, all of those things that come together. And so it's very strategic um, and you know why one thing leads to the next. And so when we take that model and we apply it to our 
um, talent acquisition department too. So, you know, obviously you should be doing your forecasting. So, you know, you know, what's coming down the pipeline as much as you can anticipate, you know, what team members you have, you need to assess your current team and know what their skill set is, how they're going to grow and where your gaps are going to be in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. You should not just be looking right in front of you, but really what is in the next 18 months. Right. So like, I always use the example, like when someone leaves, it's very common. People are like, Oh, we got to backfill it. Okay. Well, how long has that person been there? Is the team now, is that skill set developed where they actually can absorb it? And do we have an opportunity to create another role that we can bring someone else in with a different skill set than that person leaving? Uh, meaning you can look at it different, right? So so we, we look at, um, I call them campaigns. And so right now we know that half of the pop, half of the incoming workforce is coming from, you know, around that college um, high school level. So we, we need to build, how are we going to get in front of them? And so I, anyone can do a job fair, right? That's almost, you know, like, okay, you got to get a high school diploma, you know, you go to a job fair. So it's really, how are you intentionally building relationships with the career service? How are you utilizing, um, hopefully you have an intern program and I can talk about that, but how are you using your existing interns to embed them and create a referral program within the school? Um, we're going to actually build specific um, school campaigns on a platform ca called Largely, and I can talk more about that as well, but it's a video platform that's used for recruiting that's, um, you know, we just put into place at the end of last year, and where um, we can be be like, we look like we are part of their school, right? So we're building the page out for them. Um, and so, you know, you, you have your advocates or your student ambassadors and you go and you, you know, host pizza, pizza nights, you know, and those type of things. So as much as you can get your face out there where they know who you are and get them excited, um, that's what you want to do. So um, the intern program is, is going to be huge. When I started um, seven years ago, I think we just, you know, we started with one person and then the next year we had three or four, we actually have 49 interns now. And so that is going to be your bread and butter. If you can put some resources towards it and have it very well ran, you're going to get the top talent, right? And you want to convert them to an another intern or a co-op into a full time. So by the time they came in, you know, it says, say a project engineer, they could have had three years of experience knowing the Keeley way. And, you know, you have such a bigger talent that's on your team. Um, so that's one aspect. Um, but so outside of this, the student recruiting, you got to be able to use technology to your advantage. Um, and, and you have to be in the right space if you want to compete with, you have to understand your industry and who are your competitors and make sure that you're in that same space. For, so for instance, like five years ago, no one was really on LinkedIn at that time and they were able to monopolize the market, right? Um, the major people paid top dollar to have their pages look similar. So you get more looks, right? So you have to know what's going on out, um, out there to be able to compete. So we heavily are on LinkedIn. Um, we're taking a different stab though, and we're using video content to get in front of folks. We have slimmed our application process. You know, we want to make it super sleek and easy. Um, we drive you but with QR codes to, to our pages. But the video, how we're integrating that is um, highlighting our culture by our team members that are here, right? So don't just hear it from us, you know, but hear it from all others that are living in that role of what it's like to be a Keelian um, and building off of those videos. We're using it to, to transform over to onboarding too. So when you accept an offer, you're going to get a video from the 
the CEO that says, Hey, welcome. We're so excited. You know, and then you're going to get a video on your first day. Here's what you expect. And so you got to know what speaks to those that are out in the workforce. And so that's where I would just say, make sure that you're staying on top of the technology, the AI aspect. Um, if you are not driving your, your um, recruiting strategically um, by using right any metric that you can find based on past and, and you know present like if you're not utilizing that data at your advantage then um, you're you know obviously you got to be thinking of it differently. Uh, referrals are huge. We look at the referrals from all aspects. Um, so we are actually building a referral platform off of LinkedIn. Um, so if you actually post on your LinkedIn, we can track if someone clicks, that link and we want to just send you money, right? Whether it's a hundred bucks or 200 bucks. We also have a, a big referral program that we pay upwards to $3,000 to for a position, which is cool. And that's where you actually, you know, you're working your network, you, you submit it in, you know, and you're vouching for the individual. Um, and then we have the intern referrals too. Um, so as much as you can utilize your folks in their network to be your recruiters uh, versus going to an outside recruiter, um, is going to save you money, but also get better, better quality candidates, right? Um, anytime you know someone, that's going to be best. Um, I know I just keep rambling, so I'll stop there for a minute. I love the referral pro system. Like we have all, always found our best employees through referrals, but I also, I want to take a moment to go back to what you were talking about with the student program. I love the fact that you all go out to the high schools, to the colleges and get people excited before they're really in the workforce yet. Mm -hmm. I think that it is so beneficial for the industry as a whole. And obviously for your company, because they're going to remember you, but just showing students that construction can be a viable career for them. And it's not just for those who, um, I feel like there was a stigma for a long time that it was for those who couldn't do anything else. And that is so not the case anymore. Yeah. It takes very talented humans to do the, the work. And I love showing them that it's a viable option. Yeah. We, we are starting to um, build um, a vision of how we get into the high schools. How do we get, even go farther down? How do we educate the parents that construction is, you know, a, a great career one that, um, you know, you can have an amazing living, right? More so than, than going to a four-year college, whatnot. Mm -hmm. Not that we are, are saying don't go to college by any means. How do we embed ourselves in the trade schools? You know, and the, the biggest thing that we have too on our side is once you come in, we have a dedicated uh, learning and education um, platform. And we really put, it's even on our scorecard, which is a metric that we measure our year success on um, about training hours. So every person has to have a certain amount of training hours that's within their field. You know what I mean? And so that's really important to us, you know, that continuous learning. Um, so then, you know, the next evolution, how do you, how do you partner with the trade school? How do you build that platform to get folks ready? You know, when we're talking about the field level. So there's so many different ways that, that you can do it. Um, um, and, and you just gotta, you gotta think through what it means for your business, right. And how does it align with your, with your mission and where you're wanting to go as a business? I feel like one of the things that you guys have done is you think about your recruiting process as a lot of people think about sales, right? So 
when you're trying to sell something, you go out to trade shows, you go walk into businesses, you shake people's hands, you go meet them, you develop a relationship with them. Eventually, they're going to do business with you. You just have to know the right places to go talk to people. And you guys are thinking about hiring in that same way. You're starting with the like the young individuals and and you're going and meeting them. You're meeting the people that'll help you meet them and you're developing relationships and actually like prospecting, like so to speak, which makes so much sense because if that's the thing that's stopping your business from growing, then you need to treat it just like you would getting the business in, right? Because mm-hmm. you're in the business of developing relationships the same as anybody else. So I love that. And I love too that you guys have your marketing tied in with it as well because you're mm-hmm. out on you're out on LinkedIn and you're using the video and and using modern marketing techniques to connect with people. And I think that that's really powerful because I think some people think, oh, well, I just need to run this ad. Yeah. It'll be done. (laughs) And if, and if this is like a major component, like if this was holding you back from success, then you really do need to have more than just an ad. You need to put your like effort into it. Right. And it sounds like you guys are absolutely doing that and it's paying off for you. I mean, on LinkedIn too, you can actually put in who you're trying to target, like a specific skill set, and then they do those sponsored ads to the folks, right? So, and it's 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 not a ton of money. Uh, we're running our first billboard that we've ever had, um, and I know not all organizations can do that, but you know, the billboard isn't just saying "Hey, it's Keely." It's a it's a slogan. So, it, you know, we put um, not just a number, but a key and with a QR code, right? So like getting them like, hey, what is that? So how do you make it fun? Because that's, you know, also one of our core values. Um, and then we did um, a, a Keeley Career Day for the first time. So it's like a networking opportunity where they get to come into our office and then meet our folks in a more casual atmosphere. So that's really, people don't, we're not in the era where we're just going to submit a bunch of, you know, resumes. People really don't want to do that, nor do they have the time, right? It's like, I'm, if I have to do that, I'm out, I'll go somewhere else. They really want to drive a conversation, right? They want to hand the resume to maybe someone that they know, and hey, can you, you know, get a good word in there? Um, it's actually least effort that goes into the front end. So it's, it's really up to the employer to find it, right? They're not just coming in droves to you. <laughs> As you're like creating these new ideas and kind of like adapting this mindset, do you get like pushback from the humans? Because I know that some people love to be like, well, this isn't the way that we do things around here. Right. Um, or is everybody just kind of like, yeah, let's change. Because like, <laughs> Oh, I'm, no, I'm- you, you definitely get pushback. But the good thing is, is whenever you're leading a business that has good values, right, and that they stand true to them. And, you know, we say that people are our greatest asset when there's an idea that's surrounding it, if it's well thought out, right. If we understand what it means to the business and how it correlates to how we're trying to grow, you're going to get the buy-in. It's not, it's not easy by any means, but you got to make sure that you put forth the effort from, you know, our standpoint in TA um, on the front end in order to get that support. Um, and, and they're going to, they're going to, you know, walk with you, you know, and yeah, our first Keeley career day, we had, um, I think a total of 20 people. You could say that's a fail for us. It was like, no, you know what? We hired actually eight people out of those 20. There were superintendents that we can't find. So to us, it was a win and we're going to figure out how to make it even better, um, you know, coming out of the fall. So, you know, we want to do it annually and we did it in the spring 
And we realized that probably was the wrong timing too. So I always say, and you do like an after action out of any time you roll something else out, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we're going to actually correlate it to the end of the job fairs. And so we can invite the prospects of the interns or alumni, even career service to come. And so we're going to host our next one in October for all of you listeners. If you want to join us, um, stay tuned. Go to the job fair if you are in the St. Louis area. <laughs> Meet the Keelians. Eight people out of 20 participants is a tremendous success rate. Like I've just, <laughs> if you can hold one event and, ho- and hire eight people out of it, like that is awesome. Good for oh, you yeah. guys. So as we're wrapping up here, I have to ask you like the blanket question, of course, like, is there any final advice that you would give to a company maybe that's having trouble hiring or adjusting to today's market? Or, you know, it could be that the person in your role sees it and it wants to change, but maybe the rest of the company is dragging their feet. How, what would you say to them? Um, yeah, well, I, one, one piece of advice I would give is um, when you're looking to fill roles and you're like, okay, well, this is the background that fits this mold. Um, think differently about it. Think of what are those attributes that actually you think make up that perfect person and what other backgrounds actually fit it and then start targeting those backgrounds. So when we talk about the markets dry, like you're not going to find that, that unicorn or that perfect person. But for instance, if I know, um, say those that are, you know, have a, a veteran background. So there's a program called hiring our heroes. If I know that skill set, right, that grit that they have flows really well. And I can plug them in as a project engineer and then train them internally and build them up versus going after your traditional, right. I got to go right out of school or whatnot. So think through what are, what are those skill sets um, and what other industries um, or even backgrounds or schooling could correlate that that can still work and then start to make up your own pipeline. Um, so if you're not pipelining, you're probably already behind the eight ball. So you really want to always be working your network, um, you know, talking with folks, you know, having a program that you can house it in so that it's easy. You have to make housing your data easy or you, your job is going to be that much harder and you're going to actually um, lose people along the way. So in, there, there's free systems out there. Or if anyone is is struggling to, you know, have an ATS, if they're just starting to get um, up and running, I used AIM, um, AAIM.org. Um, I paid a membership and it came with a free ATS as well as an HR suite of services that helps you regardless of the industry you're in. And they were a lifesaver. Um, and then what you can do is you can use that and then um, add on the tools that you need depending on where you are in your journey. So I don't know if that answered your question, Maya, but. Well, it sounds like you're saying, um, think outside the box, you know, just because you think you know the answer to the question doesn't mean you actually know the answer to the question. You might actually have to look at the question from a completely different angle and don't be afraid to use technology because it's going to make your life better. Right. Right. (laughs) Maybe painful at first, but I swear it'll be better in the end. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, April. I really appreciate hearing your point of view and learning more about how to become a Keelian. And, and you guys do. I just, I like reading your stuff. It's awesome. (laughs) 
So, so fun. <laughs> Love it. You're doing Maybe a great you'll be job. a Keelian one day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's going to be hard to steal me away from my own company, but <laughs> <laughs> never say never. Exactly. Never say never. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for hanging out with us today. If you enjoyed this episode or if you learned a thing or two, please leave us a review because that is how we meet more people just like you and help them solve problems. When you review our podcast, it's like, a virtual thumbs up to the podcast algorithms to tell them that we don't suck. Basically, that's pretty much what's happening. So tell people we're awesome by reviewing our podcast. And until next time, go forth and market with purpose. Thanks again for listening to Marketing with Purpose. Head over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Yeah, you heard me right, M-A-Y-E, create.com. For podcast notes and more resources to grow your business. Don't let your marketing suck. Get your pride on. Market with Purpose. Purpose.